0: Welcome to the Future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn proof-of-attention IDO Launchpad, hosted by co-founder Natia Vester. We bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it.
1: Hey, Web3 world, this is Natya Vesta from Catalunum, the industry's first and only engaged to earn investing platform that gives you a proof of attention allocation mechanism, engaged to earn model and NFT fractionalization. I am joined today by a group of lovely gentlemen all the way from Belgium, and we are going to be looking a bit into what is happening in the Belgian ecosystem in Web3. So stay tuned for but I think it's going to be an amazing episode because everyone comes with a wealth of insight and experience from their perspective corners of the Web3 space. So let's quickly do a round of introductions. So Lawrence, you said you're in Belgium right now, but you will be going to Spain later tonight. So I think... Some of us watching this uh, after today's recording is going to be very jealous at the thought of doing uh, Spain at this time. And others who are in the Southern Hemisphere are happy that they don't have winter. So Lawrence has an illustrious uh, background, very passionate about bringing ideas to life, connecting people, creating enjoyable experiences. He's a member of CPG Club, former equity partner at Strategy and Innovation Agency. VODW, which is, oh, okay, has been acquired. Congratulations, Lawrence. Um, Lawrence is an innovative thinker and a creative strategist at heart. He is an associate director and advisor at EY V-O-D- VODW. Sorry, I knew I was going to get that wrong. And he is Go also on. a board member on the Economica economica Alumni for Entrepreneurship. Uh, in Flanders, interesting, Lawrence. I also spend quite a bit of time uh, with students at universities when I was in uh, in Vietnam over COVID, because I was COVID, COVID refugee there. I ended up uh, working also at a number of different universities, working with students in in mentorship roles, and it's so incredibly enriching in a way that working in the professional world isn't always. So welcome, very much looking forward to be speaking with you today. Over to Alexander. So Alexander, my son's name is also Alexander. So I don't know how, how do you prefer me to, pr- to pronounce your name? Because he's very particular about his.
2: You, you, you can tell Alex. That's okay. That's a bit shorter.
1: So I never call my son Alex and I refuse to, but I will call you Alex. So Alexander Wilcoverse <laughs> okay, uh, is the founder and CEO of Site Manager a no-code NFT marketing platform. Very, very excited to be talking to you today about no-code because I think it's something that we are starting to see making waves in the Web3 space as well. And the site manager platform empowers agencies and web professionals to scale their web design business by building design systems that improve the workflow and collaboration between designers, coders, and end clients. And as a company building and working between designers and coders ourselves, uh, I'm very well aware of how absolutely necessary a product like this is. So the site manager is currently leveraging its proprietary tool stack to empower brands to launch their NFT collections, no code from our generation to post-mint experiences. So welcome, Alexander. Very excited to be talking with you today about what's happening in the NFT space. And then final, Thank last you. but not least, Carl, so nice to have you with us as well. So Carl Bailewis is the co-founder at 49 Meta and probably the most WagMe agency in Web3. Now I absolutely love that tagline because Wagme for me is a philosophy. It's not just, you know, this, this line that you spread all over the place because you're trying to be cool on Twitter. So I I read that and I get you. And I I kind of know uh where your head is going, so I'm happy to have you on the space today. And Carl is a prolific digital marketing expert, has having helped de- many different brands in envisioning and adapting to the ever-involving future, trailblazing Web 2, and now coming into Web 3, and promising to do the same in this space. So, to all of you, thank you so much. I am extremely excited to be having this conversation today. We. I was talking to someone in in lieu of the show and we were talking about how a country like Belgium doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention in the Web3 space. Now, I'm from South Africa originally, and whenever I go back there and I see the, the lack of Web3 spirit that is there, it's a painful thing to experience because, you know, it's like your little pocket of the universe, and yet the world doesn't know what's happening there. So I'd love to just really get the ball rolling in terms of Belgium as a country where, as people who are so integral to the development of the space in this country, where do you see the local industry uh, operating at at the moment? What level of innovation are we typically seeing in Belgium? Alexander, can we start with you?
2: Oh, um, I think... I if you look at uh, the pace of uh, just uh, digitization in general i think that belgium at this moment is a bit lacking around eh? we are maybe too 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 modest and and too shy we always compare with our neighbors like uh, france and especially the netherlands and germany i think that um, they are uh, a way before us and i think that if you look at like the medium sized uh, companies that um, still in what we think is just uh, normal to do, uh, just start uh, digitalizing your business, your administrative flows, and all that kind of stuff. That a lot of small, medium-sized companies need to do some efforts over there. Together with um, well, with, with Side Measure, for example, we are participating in Tetra project, which is like a European subsidized, um, a granted project together with universities, and there. Like either the goal of that project is still to how to support uh, small, medium-sized companies to digitalize their business. So I think <laughs> talking about Web3, we, we, we do have a lot of education and um, I, um, stuff to do to get people um, yeah, entirely convinced about uh, what just Web2 uh, digitalization can do with their business. So that is where yeah, Belgium is uh, at this moment. Uh, that being said... I think there is like a layer in uh, the society that is really, really uh, innovative uh, ahead. So it's busy with artificial intelligence, it's busy with Web3. So you also have that layer in the in the society. But but talking about small, medium-sized company, there is a lot of work to be done with what we think is quite just normal in doing business, just digitalize the way... How you're going to the market? Uh, hey, that's my humble opinion. I don't know what Carl and uh, Lords are thinking about it.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Alexander. I think that's such an important point because we tend to live in an echo chamber. If we are within a certain industry, within a certain level in industry, we start assuming it's like you know the 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 yellow car. If you buy a yellow car, then suddenly you start seeing them everywhere but it's so incredibly important to understand that actually in most countries businesses are very very far away from the web3 ideals and i'm i'm more and more starting to think that i should refer to what we are doing as web 2.5 because it's not web3 yet like we are we are not there we have the web3 vision but we don't have the web3 step by step manual to bring everyone with us from web 2 so Carl please tell me what are your thoughts on the ecosystem in Belgium.
0: Yeah I think I think Alexander already did a good job at explaining with the the attitudes most Belgian businesses and consumers have we tend to be very reluctant in terms of innovation first we want to see proof of business before they actually invest in something. However, what I do see is that because we kind of completely missed the e-commerce thing, if you look at the top e-shops and commercials in Belgium, all the shops, they have from neighboring countries, from the Netherlands, from Germany, from France, because they deployed their e-commerce system way ahead before Belgium. And then suddenly saw, hey, there's a nice market, very close to us, maybe we can also service that market. And I think many business and business leaders have learned from that mistake. And like why I'm saying that, because when we started Fortinet Meta last year, the first thing we thought is we're going to need to educate the market. We need to explain what is Web3 and why is it important to you? Why should you care as a business leader? But actually what we saw is that actually very quickly people got it and they're like, okay, not if we should do something, but what should we do in Web3? What should be your Web3 strategy? So we very quickly went beyond the fact of, do we need to do something? Do we really need Web3 But bit more? Like, what would it mean for my business and how it can be relevant for me and my consumers? So that's something we very quickly got into with customers. And that kind of proves that the mindset, not for the whole, let's say, with the market itself, it's still quite behind, but the business leaders were are innovating, they are clearly thinking about it. And if I see the speed between, let's say, my first Web3 event I had, like, almost two years ago, and so where we are today, it's really going very fast in that, that sense, I think. So So, I'm happy to see that we are, we are adopting, but it's still the market itself is is still far behind. The consumers are far behind and understanding of NFTs and, and kind of things is still way beyond. But I think it's, it's really good to see business thinking about it and already experimenting with it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, nice to get that perspective as well, because I was running a marketing agency in South Africa in 2012. So this is when the internet really hadn't penetrated to the SME level yet. So I found myself having clients all over the world, but I barely had any clients in South Africa because no one wanted to adopt this. They couldn't understand why have a website and why, why be on social media? Not only were their businesses not on there, but they were not even on there. So I always remind myself how early it is. But at the same time, what really stands out for me about what you said is the fact that businesses had missed the e-commerce hype. That now means that they already understand that technology affects huge changes. I mean, the information age, technology, information is the currency. And if you're not leading with that, you are by default lagging behind. So it's really fascinating to see how one Failure to, you know, get the, the home run then leads to being much more open uh, in a subsequent round. Uh, Lawrence, what about you from your experience? How, how do you see the Belgium ecosystem maybe flourishing both from a user perspective as well as from a business perspective?
3: Yes, well, um, maybe to take some fundamental views on it. If you look at the Belgium market, you could argue we are a pretty heavy SME driven market. I wouldn't say we are heavy on corporates, given the size. We're not heavy on consumers. We have, what is it? Almost 12, 11.5 million citizens in Belgium. So if you look at a whole Web3 space, for example, is a quite heavy B2C angle approach. And there is movements into the B2B space regarding loyalty, but it still has to be you know, explored. So that means that initially, what does that mean for Web3? That in baseline or market, you know, size is less big for companies to, to enter into, to. So we need a, at least the United States, other Asian countries, or maybe Europe, which is pretty fragmented. L- like I said, I'm moving to Madrid. I'm living there part-time. The English speakers are at a minority, even if it's a capital. So there's a lot of legal tax and language barriers to expand from Belgium. So that's one barrier. At the same time, if you look at Key Rock, Automated market maker, if you look at a complete blockchain technology provider, they've got some decent funding, both like 175 million, the other 20 million, I think 21 million. So we're, we're actually doing pretty well in the space on the infrastructure level. So that's something to be proud of. But again, it's more of a, as a B2B. And then as a whole, where is the space going for Belgium? I think they noticed with the e-commerce, they missed the ball. I think it was mainly also illegal issue uh, regarding you know uh, agreements on, on, on work night shifts uh, that, that complicated everything so I I think they're trying to move faster but I don't have a feeling that there's a lot of tendency to take risks still even if if I wish it would be more so meaning a lot of incorporations happen in different countries not in Belgium because of compliance regulations that's something we're exploring as well so um, it's it's it remains a difficulty for for uh, crypto businesses to thrive for sure yeah
1: yeah I thank you so much for that perspective because I think it touches on something so incredibly important namely well two important things regulations on the one hand and where countries like Belgium and the larger region like the EU is perhaps stifling innovation because of the regulations that are being placed. But and then on the other hand, if you look at some other countries where there are no regulations, it's the World West. And so this touches on very important conversation, but also it made me think of if you consider um the B2C versus the B2B, I think this is another really important conversation uh, in the sense. Very pe- very many people, when they think of Web3, they only think of the B2C. And when the markets are down, it's really the B2C markets that are down in the sense that the retail investors lose faith. What is not as highlighted is the B2B, because that continues to happen even during a bear market like the one that we have right now it's very rare to speak to a company that's actively building and actively working with customers if they are B2C at this time. So most of the people that I speak to that are very actively building their businesses with the clients that they are acquiring are B2B. So I wonder if we can talk a little bit about this and maybe just from your own perspectives uh, as terms of, in terms of what you are building and also what you are seeing around you. How do you think that the B2B and B2C sort of divide in the industry is helping us or hindering us? Um, Do you think that there should be more of a focus on B2B at this time or what are your thoughts? Alexander, can we start with you?
2: Yes. yes, definitely. Uh, first uh, thing, but I, that's just a personal opinion. I, I don't love talking about uh, beer and bull markets because uh, it like make the emphasis that um, Web three technology is all about investments. And in, in my opinion, that is really not the case. Um, it's like um, it's a technology. Eh? Uh, from my humble opinion, like for me, crypto is just a way to yeah pay and validate transaction and yeah it's like the market we start <laughs> um, um yeah doing short term trading on it so i think from an ideal perspective um, a, a crypto should be yeah evaluation of the adoption of a certain blockchain eh, or a certain chain but not really as uh, um, an investment instrument or such and, and that's just the same for nfts i guess i think that the nft is a technology and uh, the value of the NFT should be the underlying value of yeah, the utility or the solution that drives uh, the NFT. Eh? Um, we have a couple of use cases. We are like uh, in the middle of building uh, a B2C uh, storyline uh, for a big media company in, in Belgium. And that has, has all to do with, um, with fan engagement and community building. Eh? They want to build like, um, a super fan club uh, of, of raving fans, and, and offer them money cannot buy experiences. Eh? But like the people that will buy that kind of digital membership card, because that is the way how they will uh, like sell it, eh? um, will not know beforehand that they are buying uh, NFTs because, hey, as we said before, the market is not ready for that. But The growth is no like investment policy or philosophy behind it. It's just the way. Yes, we want to do something in the digital world for our super fans. We want to offer something. And for us, the NFT is a way to uh, achieve uh, the goal. On the other hand, you do have um, great B2B examples as well. I'm uh, in mean, conversations with, for example, uh, a fundraising agency that is thinking about uh, new ways of, um, of collecting a network of business angels and then uh, use NFTs as a way to contribute uh, in, um, in in funding some um, so, some products, some ideas, some companies. So that could be like a way to to, to think and how to use uh, NFTs. And another ways, for example, uh, how to use NFTs for uh, employee retention, for example. So I think there are so many different use cases, and and NFTs are just. The technology behind it, it's just like listening to music. You say you listen to jazz or to blues or to R&B or something like that. You don't say that you're listening to um, an MP3 file or a WAV file or something like that. And that is is—it's just a way how to build communities, a way how to uh, prove digital ownership. And I think that is... What needs to change in the industry as well? We, we are talking too much from uh, a tech point perspective instead of uh, going to the essential case of uh, the thing. And that's like building solutions <laughs> for companies, for enterprises and make it incorporated in the in, in the global marketing strategy. I, that's how I look at it. Uh.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, we have this feeding frenzy whenever we are, as you say, this term even bull market connotates that it's all about the investment and all about the money. But when we have those healthy and, and it's questionable whether it, it really is so healthy when the, the the charts are green to that extent because it really just uh, attracts a lot of seedy characters, unfortunately, that have um, nefarious purposes for being in the industry – but uh, it's so true that ultimately there is an investment aspect to it. And that aspect definitely I don't think will ever go away. Uh, it is here to stay. People will remain, uh, let's say, optimistic. Um, for me, it's so, so crucial that when you offer someone the opportunity to invest in a company that it should be a bona fide a company, that it's one that really is committed to building. And so if you as an investor are investing, you are doing it for the long term. You are not doing it for the three months until, you know, vesting period starts and you can claim your tokens and then you dump them in the market as soon as possible. That's that's the, the, the most unhealthy way of looking at it. Um, so, Carl, very curious because with your agency, you obviously have come across a lot of people or maybe not a lot. I mean, this is my question to you. Uh, but but as a marketer, let's say, you've come across uh, people who have this mentality of, I'm just going to hype up at all costs. And it's not so important what I'm building. What's important is that I get the attention and I get the money and I can, you know, my 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 investors can dump, I can dump, everyone can dump, and it's just a dead project. So as someone coming from the marketing side, what are your thoughts on um, this phenomenon that we have, where it's not really about what we are building, but it's about what we can invest in?
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult split. Huh? I mean, I think initial phase we saw we saw also in Belgium some examples which you could describe as a money grab, um, but uh, actually I think I think. That's also the cornerstone of of our, our, let's say, philosophy. Uh, We we call ourselves probably the most wagami agency in Web3. It's a bit with a wink. But what we mean with that is that everything we do, we do start from from kind of a wagami perspective. What I mean with that is that we try to dissect which are your stakeholders and what is driving value for your stakeholders. Because if you can come up with a business, a business idea, business line strategy, whatever you want to do, and you will drive value to all your stakeholders, then you basically, you have the spirit of Web3 because they will contribute to your business model, even if they are not part of a centralized, more decentralized way of working. And I think that is quite important to start from that angle. And actually, we, we, when we look into like with clients that want to do something and we feel that it's a high project, um, we usually then advise not to do this because one of the things we usually do is also look at do you need the technology? Because sometimes people just want to do something in the metaverse. Hey, I want to open a virtual office in the metaverse. So, you know, I get some PR. I'm the first and it's about branding. And I think like, yes, but, but but what is the value of it? Why are you doing it? And is it sustainable? And yes, you can build with that. You can say, yes, let's grab the money also as an agency. we build it for you, and inspires you. But I think that will reflect on you also at, at some point. Also as an agency, if you do things that don't turn out well, people will remember that. And I think that's why it's quite important that we drive value. And that's what we really want to do is drive value for our clients. But this also means to drive value for a client's clients, because if they don't get value, our client won't be successful. So that's something we really try to, let's say almost like uh, embed in everything we do is that it's all about value. And I think I come back to to, to what Alexander also said is that that's also what an NFT is. Eh? An NFT is because we one of our first project was into music. And, and why do people buy music NFTs? It's, it's also, yes, they support the artists. Yes, they they, they, they want, but it's about, also about ownership. And it's not about speculation because there you get the utility of the music. You get the link to the artist. So you get a lot of return in it. But still in the back of your head, many people also know that, hey, I bought this music NFT for 0.0xE. I can still sell it at some point. When I'm on Spotify listening to music, I have nothing to sell. If I have a subscription to something, a service, I cannot sell anything. And that's quite important is that you own something. And so at some point, if you don't get the value, at least you can resell it to somebody else who might value it. And that's why I think is the big, big element of NFTs is the ownership part. It's something that, that we still need to embed into our business models. Is what I said earlier, is that you need to come up with a way that you can keep delivering value to token holders, because then in the end, your business will, will be sustainable in the long run.
1: Really, really well said. I think if people consider the concept of an NFT, because I love what you both keep on coming back to, that this is a technology. I mean, that's all it is. Every, it's Every—it's—it's for me, I always use this example. It's like money. Money is not good and money is not evil. Money is well, either a piece of paper or a few coins or ones and zeros in in the bank's computer system what we do with money is what makes the money good or bad and in the same sense i mean the web web3 is a stack of technologies and that's it it's agnostic and everything that is done in the name of comes from humans it doesn't come from the technology itself so you can't villainize something that you know is is a neutral technology um but i think what you touched on in terms of nfts that are so important is an nft has value whether there's speculation or not. So this example you use about the ownership, I mean, if I buy a CD, like a manual, you know, put into my CD player CD and I keep the CD for 20 years. And after 20 years, okay, probably I'm not going to sell it for more than what I bought it for. I'll I'll sell it for less because there's many copies and you know it's not really valuable because technology has changed. But if I, I don't know, buy an NFT a michael jackson nft and the next day michael jackson dies probably it will increase in value so it's more that in the long run there's a chance that it might increase in value but then the reason i bought it is for the value that i was getting it up until that point so i really love that differentiation the differentiation that you made um so Lawrence, from 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 your uh perspective we've heard both alexander and Carl talk about community and about the human element um, and how important it is to think of all the stakeholders and drive value. So what are your thoughts on what you are seeing in Web3, uh, especially as it relates to this conversation about hype versus utility, true value versus, you know, sell to you in the short term so that we can both get something out of it as soon as we can? Uh, What are you seeing? Uh, what, What shift are you seeing, perhaps?
3: Well, yeah, what shift is an interesting one. Um, regarding the value, I think everything that comes with value drives speculation one way or another. That is from physical items to other items before. Um, I think NFTs are a more evolved technology to capture that value and to um, transfer value. I think that's uh, an incredible innovation, like the the web of value, like some say. Um, the question becomes, um, does everything have to be monetary value, right? Can it be value that relates to building up your digital identity? I, I'm very interested in evolving your digital identity, meaning, you know, the wallets we have, these accumulate different types of tokens, fungible, non-fungible, semi-fungible, you know, utility currencies, and that will eventually represent in some way your digital identity. And that, be valuable it could be valuable by signal signaling uh being part of a community just like you buy certain brands just to say where where you're part of it could be value that is monetary that you can exchange and that is the sort of a bet on the long term so there's there's so much thanks to the token and the programmability of it that it is very hard to not make it speculative because there's so much to build around so i think that will exist uh the only difference is how can we ensure that people are better educated and informed about what is valuable for them versus having these rug pulls or scams or just buying into something, believing it's real. Well, it's not. I think that's worse than people buying into something, making a mistake and then have to realize just like shares. So it's maybe not the best investment or I have less value than I experienced. So um, so that that's one thing too. And, and I don't have a clear answer yet for that. I do wish there was a a better compliance and regulation framework in place to at least protect consumers uh, a bit more. I'm not against it. I think it will um, drive the market forward for sure. Um, And then what we're seeing in in, in terms of shift, I think there's a very interesting discussion on how do brands utilize NFTs and how, for example, independent creators use it. And I think the value for an independent creator is a sort of a crowdfunding, but instead of having an invoice, it operates as a key for more value and utility like all access for example while a brand wants to build a social graph independent of a platform so a brand wants to have loyalty and connection and just understand who you know who their um, who their members are and that could be free so i was discussing with carl uh, like a few days ago as well why does everything, everything has to be paid why it cannot it be earned Right? Why cannot be just transferred? Just build up this social graph and connections, and then see from there um, based on who is involved of contributing in whatever way on projects, on attending events, on yeah, you can think uh, of different ideas. Um, so I think that's a shift. Initially, it was all sell, and then speculate, and now it's more about connect, build, engage. And that shift is beautiful at the same time, like what uh, Alexander is doing with site manager and his product is how can we make these tools as accessible for brands and, in, and creators to start experimenting with it, right? Um, the Shopify's of these world have created e-commerce brands that we have never could thought of before, thanks to better tooling. And I think we need that as well in this space. Um, there are creators who are incredibly smart and, and have great ideas, but just cannot execute
1: yeah thank you for that fantastic answer i loved some of the points that you touched on that really brings together for me so much of what we've been talking about in this idea that your technology that you are using in this case nfts probably uh would become part of your digital identity um we look at how social media defines us i mean people are their twitter accounts or They are their social social platforms, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram. I mean, it becomes a digital extension of who you are. And there's so much potential with the technology behind NFT, not necessarily the use cases that we are seeing right now, but just to have this available for creators and to really put the options out there and the option to innovate, because by the time that creators reach that next level of technological innovations with their communities and with the brand um members that they have if they are as you say a larger company then these technological options are a possibility so that's really really exciting to me um so i'm wondering in terms of we 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 look at nfts as they are right now we know that there are a bunch of weird looking apes and there are some funny little creatures drawn. And and this is kind of what most people think about when they think about NFTs is I don't get it. It's really stupid. It's really dumb. And I think it doesn't matter who you speak to. This is not a generational thing. Um, you speak to anyone that is not in Web3 and it's almost like a chorus, It, it you know, like the emperor without clothes, like, oh, How can I see that he's not wearing any clothes, but no one else? So, so they have this idea that people in Web three have been duped, right? Like we are the we are the ones that live under an illusion, and the bubble is going to burst, and all of this is going to disappear, and it will one big big joke will be on us. So, I'm really curious in your own circles that you move in, and this might be in Belgium, this might be international, but how do you find that people who are not in this space? How do they view NFTs right now? And if you have these conversations with them, um, how does the shift take place? Or does the shift take place where there's a light bulb that goes on and they go, okay, you know what? Maybe there's something more here. Very curious. Uh, Carl, can we start with you?
2: Yeah, I was laughing because, because
0: I I, I kind of had the same, let's say, the same reflection when I first, uh, like my first, let's say, uh, encounter or first time I got into it was when I saw Gary V draw his doodles and selling it for like thousands of dollars. And I was like, I I couldn't wrap my head around it, what was going on. And I was not necessarily joking about it, but I was just curious of what is the catch? why Why don't I see it? So I think... I think all of us have at some point when we first encountered it, really thought about what is this about? How does this work? Why are they paying like thousands of dollars for eight pictures? You can right click save it. I think we all have thought it. And I think what was for me kind of the eye opener was when when I was I dug into that case of, of what's Gary V doing? And and he explained, look, the tickets, the NFT is also your access to the next three V-Cons I'm going to organized and they're going to be huge. They're going to be a lot of. So suddenly I thought, oh, but he, he ties in some value to it. So it's not just this picture. It's a picture that gives me access to something, to the community, to value. And I think that that kind of opened my eyes to see like there is a lot of possibilities. And I think today when I talk to family and friends and so on, you 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 often get like people heard about it, but they kind of joke with it. And they also joke like about what is happening in the metaverse. And I always say, look, it's a joke until it isn't a joke. And what I mean with that is, you probably you can look it up at, at YouTube if you Google like um, Bill, uh, um, uh, Bill Gates at, at um, uh, explaining the internet to the Dave Letterman show in the '90s. You know, he's also been laughed up. Hey, why why would you listen to to to, to a baseball game on on the internet when you can listen on the radio? And I think it's it's is natural reflection with change every change any innovation is always looked at very skeptically and you have to go through it until there are like clear use cases and i i think it depends also a bit on 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 how you as an individual look at things like for me when i don't understand something my it triggers me to be curious about it. why does it work what's behind it or you can just laugh at it and see you don't see the application and i think today we we I think what should move things forward is that I think technology will disappear and we will more and more focus on, on driving value and people will see the value. So I think we see some good cases in the market, like with what, what what Starbucks is doing is they don't talk about NFTs. They talk about stamps, they talk about a journey and that that's language that people understand. And they say, look, if you have certain stamps, you get certain value. So it's a loyalty program and people understand it's nothing laughable, but it's really concrete. And I think that's where we need to go. I again make the reflection with the nineties. If I in the nineties need to go on the internet, I have to have an ASP, I need to have an account, I need to buy a modem, I need to install the modem. There's a lot of technology going on before I got the value of what the internet could do for me. And I think today is the same thing. You need to create a wallet, you need to buy crypto, you need to do a lot of things. You need to see your seat face, you need a lot of technical barriers that that kind of we need to overcome until you see the value. And I think those will start to get disappeared. And I think there's a role of big brands. Big companies to take the lead to take their consumers and onboard your consumers into Web three by providing value, lasting value to them as as a let's say consumer of them. And I think that's that's where people probably. I mean, NFT will disappear. We'll talk about digital collectibles. So, so I think things will slowly start to adopt and be integrated into let's say more concrete examples, and then we'll see market adoption.
1: Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent agree with you. I mean, it's. There's so much work cut out for us, but at the same time, it's such an exciting time to be in this industry. Um, I remember in the early days of digital marketing before, you know, it was kind of the same curveball where nobody really knew what it was. And then all those people came in that just sold courses, the gurus, you know, the ones that sold you the snake oil. And that put so many businesses off of going onto the internet because it was all that sleazy place. But I mean, now look at us. How do we conduct almost any business at all without the internet? Like I mean, my my whole career is on the internet, most of yours as well. I mean, and the the, the section that you have that's not on the internet is is typically very small if you are a certain kind of person in a certain kind of industry in a certain kind of role. So amazing just how quickly it shifts. So Alexander, curious to hear from your perspective, but maybe also add in an additional question um, because I think as Carl said um most people are still not ready for this, but there are some people who are already in this industry. So I'm also curious, what are your thoughts on what kind of people, uh, what kind of person is attracted by what's happening in the space at the moment? I mean, there's definitely different archetypes in terms of who is in the industry right now. So yeah, curious to hear what some of the, the ones are that you come across. Well,
2: um, I hear signals from uh, two different reference groups that uh, make me feel uh, very uh, hopeful uh, for the future. And uh, the first reference group uh, are the marketeers. I think when the marketeers start uh, getting it, uh, I think uh, then there is an opportunity, there is a market opportunity. And I'm talking to those marketeers. They start getting it in a way, and I refer to what Lawrence was uh, stating before, I love the idea in in a way like show me your NFTs and I tell you who you are. So uh, I think NFTs are... A beautiful marketing instruments to personalize uh, contents uh, and to 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 work as like a tool in the education awareness phase because everyone is always talking about yes uh, i do uh, need to release my own uh, nft collection but uh, that's in fact not the truth what you can do as a brand is uh, also uh, position you Towards uh, a community of, for example, the CryptoPunks or the Bored Apes or something like that. It is perfectly possible to target those communities on your own platform, and I think that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, takeaway and and the, the beautiful foundation of, uh, of of blockchain in general is that, that it's all open and that's transparent. Uh, I'm able to read. Uh, i the contract of the crypto pong, uh, punks and create content gating for brands that want to interact with the community of the crypto punks. So that is that is very nice. It's very beautiful, and I think that is the way how marketeers are uh, going to. Yeah, I perceive that uh, that that, that a business. It's a way about yeah customer profiling and it's uh it's and and the fun thing is that people decide what kind of nfts they have in their wallet They're owner of their own nfts and that is the big difference compared with social media platforms today where the owners are the social media platforms and i think that's a big shift and i like it. when talking to marketeers they start uh I to get it and then the, the second signal I receive is uh, from a totally different uh, reference group and in fact it's from my kids um I, they're much younger of course but they live in that world they live in the metaverse they play um, roblox minecraft uh, day in day out and they ask okay can i make a sandbox account or something like that and so they they, they they live they ask their robux for their uh, birthdays, for example, and buy a digital utility to, I, to, to, to to skip levels in their games and, and all that kind of stuff. So that makes me feel confident that uh, NFTs have a beautiful role uh, to play in that industry as well. I think we can improve in interoperability between the different games and all that kind of stuff, but it, it will be there. How cool is it uh, that, for example... Uh, if you are the marketing manager of uh, of a football club for example that you release like a cat with uh, i branded in, in 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 the colors of the football club and that you can use it uh or 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 um, yeah you know, wear it in your avatar in the different games to to make people show that you're a fan of a club i, I think that's beautiful and it's already there it's not that far away uh of course there there's a couple of steps to be taken but um yeah, I am quite hopeful to it uh, i I see a big switch uh, I, the recent months I think in fact that the, the the beer market is is perfect for that because also we are more focusing on the technology and on the solution on the added value instead of focusing on the hype and on the the, the quick uh, earns. so I think being in this kind of market also uh, is a good thing because we are more into education instead of uh, (laughs) speculation, (laughs) let us say like that. Uh, And that helps the other uh, part of the community that's not into Web3 to to start adopting and to start reading about it. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's definitely amazingly exciting times up ahead. But I was laughing because I'm also the mother of a Minecrafter. And uh, he's turning 17, but, you know, he started playing Minecraft when he was, I don't know, six. And it will be with him. I mean, he still plays and he's extremely loyal. So this to me is always the prime example of community is when you want to target your target audience, you can't, like the bat signal, you know, kind of projected on the city skyline and then hope that everyone will come to you. I mean, you really have to, you have to make sure that you go where your community is, where they are happy, where they are themselves. And then you have to treat them according to who they are, not according to who you want them to be. Because I asked my son about some of these, um, some of the big brand integrations. I think there was one recently with Minecraft and Burberry, if, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, my son is for sure not the target audience, but initially when I asked him about this, He was like well i don't i don't see the point like what what would the point be but then because he had my attention and i had his attention in this topic we really started digging deep and you know researching but what does it look like and what is the response
3: and then the more he
1: looked at these hoodies he was like huh i mean i wouldn't pay that much for it but it's actually pretty cool so i saw almost that that brand interaction happen um so i found that incredibly interesting but also, on the other note, I had a conversation with him yesterday about Dungeons & Dragons. Now, I don't know who of you have played Dungeons & Dragons before, but I mean, D&D is absolutely one of these communities. I, I think it was started in the 1970s or the 1980s or somewhere really long ago, and people have been loyally playing it ever since. And there's now recently apparently been an announcement that Wizards of the Coast, um, which was acquired by Hasbro, many years ago hasbro is now moving away from uh the non-commercial aspect so from now on they're going to completely commercialize the game you won't be able to play the game in the same way that you were before at home with your friends you don't have a dungeon master and my son came to me last night and he was horrified because he'd wanted a D tattoo and he said to me i can't get it anymore I mean, I can't have a tattoo in my arm that represents this company that just wants me to pay. So for me, that was I, I 100% agree with you, Alexander, on how seeing the world through your kids' eyes makes you understand where we are going. Um, and especially with the new generation, how many brands are getting it wrong because they are using brand thinking mentality that's for a different era, a different age. Uh, and they are kind of copy pasting it on what's happening today. Uh, So Lawrence, we've spoken so much about, you know, B2B, B2C the value that NFTs need to bring, the technology that it is. But where do you see us going from here? Uh, We come from this NFT legacy of, you know, one painting is sold for $69 million and all the artists are flocking there and everyone has suddenly become, you know, the next Picasso and where are we actually going with nfts if you look at it from a with a sobering perspective beyond what people want it to be beyond what it can be because sometimes what it what's possible is not necessarily what's going to happen so realistically where do you think we are going with it uh, as we speak in this year going forward
3: well in this year i yeah i think there's a lot of being built for the moment i think this year is a pretty small window still I, there are so many verticals i see it moving i think generally in the in the spaces of like one let's say one thing i'm very interested in is the spaces with a very low liquidity meaning how can you liquidize things that um have a low liquidity but need some transferability to create interest and recently i was uh, having a talk with somebody regarding hotels and booked rooms and how can you start have a secondary trade of rooms booked in hotels create that liquidity just like tickets for example tickets that are only liquid through ticket swaps there's an intermediary who facilitates this how can you facilitate this through tokenization so it's more of the tokenization of assets that are not liquid and you can make it liquid because it's not locked into a, 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 a central platform i think that's a very interesting space i think we'll see very weird things uh one of the things is real estate right how we can make it more liquid through tokenization fractionalization so that's that's just a big chunk what i on the other hand see a, a very interesting thesis is um how social media became user-generated content, right? What one to two is like read-only, read-write. I think this era could be potentially be user-generated but user co-created almost. Uh, meaning there's a, the Shibuya project I keep talking about, I think is amazing, is that um, they're building a complete long form animation movie with animators, designers, you know, directors, you have it, but they're gradually re- re- uh, releasing producer passes. Just generally you can buy the pass and then you can influence the direction of the movie. You can add value by doing voiceovers. You can add be- value by adding animations and you can get rewarded for it with uh, tokens. And at the end, when the whole movie is built, that will be encrypted in one NFT that's, the uh, and the ip that will sit in a dow and all these contributors will have a fraction or a certain percentage of that ip based on their contribution so you will see a lot of bottom-up brands being completely built up instead of having this central ident- um you know companies who say we're going to build this we're going to hire these people and we're going to build ip and let people consume i think there's a huge flip a shift so it's the user generated user created um, movement and that's something that interests me uh, incredibly um compliant and again legal wise that might be uh something to tackle but that's where i see things moving and then everything related to digital identity which of course is the glue between all that um that's a bit my perspective and i i think that that that's could be a disruptive force for a lot of industries as well and to add to it if you look at I'm also a firm believer in the single-person businesses. You see that growing more and more. You saw the first wave of freelancers, and then you gradually, thanks to the democratization of internet, the tooling, you'll see single people or very small groups have acquired large businesses and products built out. Again, I, I see the, the the power of the decentralization of the masses connecting in networks, building products, businesses, and um, brands the way we haven't seen before instead of you incorporate a business you hire people it becomes big and, and you evolve and that's that interests me the most so
1: yeah it's uh we think about the creator economy as well bunch of content that lives on the internet but what i personally also really love about what's happening is exactly this democratization of just everything um i think what we truly are in is the democratization age uh, because it's really the time when people are able to tap into themselves into others into the world around them at a scale where it just simply wasn't possible before um as i said earlier i'm from south africa i been working with entrepreneurs on the continent and and on other continents as well, uh, the so-called third world, for many years. And the one thing that I have always said over and over again is there's incredible talent all over the world. But when you are from Africa, you simply don't have the same amount of opportunities that you do when you are from the US or from Europe or from Australia or from an income high-income nation where there's also mental health support and there's physical health support and there's welfare and there's programs and, you know, there's just so much help from so many different sources compared to when you are just someone from not that social standing. So I think for me the most exciting thing is really what is this going to mean for countries on earth that until now simply haven't had the same opportunities. And we are seeing this because – you know Web3 is not really leading from the economically leading countries, it is leading from other countries. Um, so that brings me to my final question. Uh, we think about crypto, blockchain, web three, all of these different terminologies that we have as something that can be completely life-changing, transformative. So I would love to hear what is your personal philosophy about how being in this industry, being part of this industry is life-changing. How has it been for you and what does it have to offer for other people in the world? Uh, Alexander?
2: Whoa. <laughs> That's a high-level uh, question. Um, yeah, no, I think I'm quite um, uh, humble to to uh, to that. I think uh, if, if from our perspective uh, we can contribute to... Um, to this trend, to this industry by making it accessible, uh, to the majority of people and not only, uh, to developers, eh? I think that is what we would like to achieve. So, um, in a way it's, and then I'm always referring to that one, uh, it has taken, I think 15 years to, uh, I thought for no coach to be like, um, a trend in a classical web two uh, industry, eh? um, and. I, I it, it won't take that long, uh, for, uh, for web three. And I think, um, if we do have a role to play, uh, I think that, uh, it is by our no code technology, make it as accessible to as many people as possible, uh, by marketeers, by, solo uh, entrepreneurs, by artists, by whatever. Person business that want to be like, um, yeah, uh, become familiar with, the web three and NFT technology. So that is how I look at it. Um, yeah, f- from a personal uh, perspective, I love it. Um, I'm into it. I'm into innovation, eh? but I know myself, I think. When there is like within like five years a new trend a new uh, innovative uh, space and probably I will tend to digging into that as well. So it's more like uh, it, it's, it's very interesting because it's open it open new doors. It's technology that will I like um, yeah facilitate new uh, opportunities to a lot of businesses. Um, but it will be a trend like other trends has been there. Eh? Um, I I think that our role has been played uh, the moment Um, NFTs are just integrated in the um, classical marketing tool stack of every company, as it was like uh, with content marketing and uh, social um, search engine optimization and search engine advertising. That's how I look at it. I think like. The Web3 technology is just enlarging the marketing mix uh, in companies. It, it, it's a way, I, of course, I'm now mostly referring to NFT uh, technologies. And of course, you also have the DAOs and so that, that that makes it possible to create new business models. But from our perspective, I think when we could be a part of that future marketing team with our technology, I think um, my story has been written. <laughs>
1: thank you so much Lawrence what about you I know you have to go uh in a few minutes so yeah if if you want to leave after the question uh, I was absolutely amazing to talk to you
3: no yeah for sure so um for me it's more of I have connected with people across the globe who I I wouldn't have known otherwise to be able to connect to and you have social media, but up till the moment I was into this tokenization, utility tokens, NFTs. I had social media, but I wasn't very inclined to go into communities on LinkedIn, communities on Facebook. It felt very frickle. The moment I got skin in the game, or at least a sense of ownership, that changed my behavior. I was more economically aligned, more emotionally engaged, and that changed. It feels like it feels like s- such a thin nuance, but it's an important one. And the idea of trying to contribute the whole Wagmi at the beginning you you were talking about does live there in a way. I've been able to source people to work on a project that I haven't been able before. I got support of people. I don't even know exactly the identity from. So the the whole space of pseudonym people just wanting to collaborate, help, it's a very interesting one. And I think collaboration and co-creation creates new things that are beneficial globally and that's for me the most interesting piece. And I felt like before it was more individualism. Um, Lead has to say that of course there's a lot of opportunism, and there's always in such a space. But we tend to navigate too much towards the negative, and there's a lot of positive when you're connected to some good communities. So that's my that's what I love the most.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. It's very well put, Carl. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think I think Web three, Web three technology, blockchain, kind of offers an opportunity to to break a lot of boundaries. And what I mean with that is, for example, we already spoke, we 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 work with people or with communities across the globe. Even if you launch a project, you launch an NFT, you immediately launch it globally because you cannot control which area it is. It is about decentralization. I mean, think about decentralization, it basically <clears throat> changes rules that have been set by central entities. And I think one of the nice things we also see is that we can make from Web3 what we want to make from it. For example, we build our digital identities based on the digital assets, not on where we're from, not from our gender, not from our beliefs, not from whatever. Basically, we are used to define somebody because right now we define people a lot of Based on a lot of elements, but basically, Web three allows you to redefine you based on on yeah, like show me your NFTs and and, and tells you what you, who you are. Basically, it's about that. It's not about what color you are, where you want, what you believe is, what your orientation is. And I think Web three offers that opportunity to break some of those boundaries because we go much more in a decentralized way of working um, and different way of connecting to people. Like what Lauren said, um, I think. Like, through um, getting this, 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 like being part of a community, like, if you have a bored ape, hey, it doesn't matter who the owner or where they're from, somehow you're connected with them emotionally and financially. And I think that was something we will, can definitely leverage for creating, hopefully, a better world where I absolutely hope we can, we can with Web3 and hope we can have a positive, let's say, a positive spin on this technology.
1: Thank you all so much. And yeah, just really to close off, I mean, this is for me always the true meaning of being in this space is being able to connect with others from all across the world, although today it happens to be all in Belgium, uh, and really just talk about who we are, those people that are in this space right now, because I, I came into the industry in 2017 and the landscape looked very different. And with each passing year, it's shifted. It's almost like, you know, uh, like the the time lapse videography, where if you speed it up, then you really see how fast the tree grows. Um, And I'm so incredibly happy about what I'm seeing, especially this year, because, you know, kind of going on from last year into this year, because that great cleansing has once again begun those who are not here for the right reasons they are somewhere else right now and you know they'll they'll again try and come back and of course they will succeed at some at some level and to some degree but the the foundation of this industry is getting stronger um it's getting cleaner it's getting you know more honorable and has more character than you know as as time goes on uh so yeah I'm very humbled by all of the amazing things that I heard today because it just makes me so appreciative of being in this industry at this time. And also extremely grateful for all of the insights and all of the experience and the nuggets of wisdom that all three of you shared with me today. So in closing, uh, if people are watching this and want to get involved with what you are doing or reach out to you in any other sort of way? uh, How can they do that? Alexander, maybe give us your social media platform that you're most active on and also the the website of uh, Site Manager.
2: Yeah, the the, the website is web3.sitemanager.io. And you can reach me personally by shooting a DM on LinkedIn. Uh, That's the platform I most often use at this moment.
1: Carl,
2: what about you? <clears throat> yeah, so so um,
0: the website is uh, 49, so 49meta.xyz. That's, that's that's our agency. And you can reach me on Twitter, just DM me on Twitter, which is at uh, Kabilos, and then uh, I'm happy to, uh, to get back to you.
3: Yeah. Okay, and then uh, last uh, but not least, no, uh, you can reach me on Twitter. I was exploring different platforms, but eventually I think Twitter is the better one. So that's law London laws at Twitter and our platform we're building and launching end of this month, next month um, is one OneGrid, OneGrid.me, one which is a, a new creator platform we're experimenting with.
1: All right, well, exciting times and everyone's details will also be available on the show notes. Uh, <laughs> if you look on the Adelina website or on YouTube, if you're watching this over there. so. Thank you all so, so much for being with me today. It was absolutely amazing to connect. And I look forward to yeah speaking to you again in future and hearing what's happening, what changes have taken place in the industry since then. Because even though we are not on that insane roller coaster of just new something that's happening every 15 minutes, we are still in this industry and new things do still happen on an almost daily or weekly basis. So looking forward to catching up with all of you again at some point. Have an amazing afternoon. Cheers, guys.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: You've been listening to the Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform, like Spotify or iTunes.
0: Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at Adlunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.